I think some more kids are coming in, but we uh, we got stuff to share, so we should get going. Um, so I've got some slides that uh, that that are going to come up here that I'm actually going to follow and talk about, and then as uh, Alyssa, Katie, and Paul share, there, there's going to be video and slides going on that they're not referring to it all, just be kind of going in the background. So if you see a funny picture and laugh, they'll be confused because they didn't say something funny, but that's all right. So um, if you could bring up the first slide. So I want to introduce uh, our team because it, was, it, was, it wasn't just us in Haiti. Um, we, we joined up with some other people. So in the top left corner, um, that is Beth, and she is married to Willem, um, and they started um, a ministry called Mountaintop Ministries uh, 14 years ago. Um, we, uh, we were outside of port Prince. Um, it's probably like a, a 30, 40 minute drive kind of up in the mountains. And uh, Willem was uh, actually from this area. And uh, this area, when, uh, when, they, when they got married and they were living in this area, um, it, was, it was full of voodoo. Uh, there, I think there were five voodoo temples in their little town. Um, the, uh, the unemployment rate was something like 90%. There was no church. There was no school. Um, and uh, they, they felt God uh, put it on their hearts um, to, to start a church and a school. Um, and it, it, it has just exploded over the last 14 years. Um, they, uh, Mountaintop Ministries has uh, about 1,000 people. Uh, people that will come through as volunteers from overseas. So teams like us will come and work with them in, in it one year. Uh, I think it was two days after we left, there was a medical team that came, uh, all kinds of doctors um, and uh, PAs and nurses. They came uh, to, do, to run a medical clinic for five days, uh, and they expected that they would see about 1,200 people in that, in that five-day period. So there's a ton going on. We really didn't do much with Mountaintop. We, uh, we, we stayed in their guest house, which was awesome. Um, I'll We'll show you a picture of that in a, in a little bit. I think their guest house could hold like 20 or 30 people. And then they had a second guest house if that wasn't enough. Um, so they have a ton going on. But the reason that we were with them was because they support Rivers of Hope, which are the two orphanages that, that we went um, to go help out. So we went through um, a group called AGCI. So um, if you go to the bottom row, the girl in the middle, that's Kate. And she was our representative from AGCI. Uh, thank you, Sarah. Um, she was awesome. She was with us um, the, the whole time, obviously, uh, did a great job of leading us. So AGCI, All God's Children International, um, what they're doing is, is, is helping kids get adopted, basically. Um, so uh, they've, uh, they've had this partnership over there for a few years now. Next to Kate on the left is a woman named Mary. Um, and I don't have a ton of time for her story, but she is a pediatric physical therapist. She was working in the States. Um, she was working with a girl that uh, happened to be adopted from somewhere else. Um, the parents were Christians. Uh, they found out Mary's a Christian. Um, basically, one day they came to her with a check and said, you are so good at this. You need to go do this at an orphanage overseas. Here's some money to help you get started. She's going, what are you talking about? That's crazy. I'm not doing that. Anyway, eventually she ends up calling uh, AGCI. She had no relationship with them. Um, her and Kate hit it off. Uh, God just made things happen. So she's been there six months now. Um, she has really revolutionized the way that they do intakes with the children as they come in. Um, she's helping the nannies understand like uh, age-appropriate developmental points that, that these kids should be hitting. And, and if they're not, like what to do. She's helping them understand like, hey, this isn't just a, a cool little toy. This toy helps them develop, you know, whatever, their fine motor skills or whatever it is. Like she has been incredible. She's there two more months. Um, 
I think everyone that knows her is hoping that she just never leaves because she's, she's done such a great job. So if you think of Mary, you could pray for her. Um, so on the bottom row there, uh, the guy is Jerry, also a physical therapist. Um, he's from, well, he's living in Arkansas right now. He, uh, he happens to look like Luke Skywalker, which is pretty awesome. Every time that guy would smile, I just wanted to hand him a lightsaber. He was great. Um, so Jerry's physical therapist. He, he didn't end up using those skills at all. He, uh, he happens to have a lot of carpentry skills. So uh, Paul and I kind of backed him up there. Um, Paul had more skills than, than I did. So him and, him and Jerry did a ton of things. And we'll show you some pictures of what they did. Um, but Jerry's a great guy. Um, so Alyssa's up in the top right corner. Next to Alyssa is Rachel. Rachel runs um, both orphanages for River of Hope. She started them. Um, the, one of the orphanages is out of her house, um, and it's for kids uh, for ages four and up. Um, actually, I don't, I don't even know what they top out at there. Eight? Seven or eight, something like that. So uh, she lives at that orphanage, but she also runs the other orphanage, which um, we'll see pictures of in a bit. And that's the orphanage that Paul and Todd and Dave went to uh, on the, the previous trip. Um, they went there before any kids were there. They, they went there to just get things going. So for Paul, our first day there, he's like, oh my goodness, this is great to see this and this. And, you know, to see the, this, this house being used that, that they had helped get started. So Rachel's awesome, really, really sweet lady. Paul is next to her. And then uh, sandwich between Paul and Katie is Rebecca. And uh, Rebecca, a uh, sweet girl, um, actually from Beaverton, uh, now in New Mexico. Um, she's been on a ton of trips with AGCI. She just hooks up with whatever trip they've got going. You'd think this girl is like super uh, outgoing because she's going on all these trips with people. One of the quietest people I've ever met. Um, it was so surprising to me, but she just loved these kids. Um, she had her little book of Creole, like as we're like playing games and like relaxing, she's like reading her Creole book and she was awesome. Uh, she was, she was really, really good, um, with us on that team. So obviously us, well, maybe you don't know us. I'm Greg. This is Alyssa, Katie, Paul. We don't have time for more than that. Um, all right, next slide. Uh, one of the things that I did not anticipate, um, in Haiti was how beautiful it would be. I mean, it was, it was unreal. This is, this is off of our porch of the guest home up in the mountains. And just everywhere you looked, it was awesome. Like avocados, there's an avocado tree in the, the back of the house. This is the house that we were at. Um, back of the house, there's this avocado tree with like, it looked like a miniature football. I'm like, what is that thing? It's so awesome. And Max, one of their guard dogs would like come up and he'd drop one at your feet. And I think he wanted you to throw it or something like that. We didn't engage Max because he's kind of big. Um, let's go to the next slide. Uh, these are just some, some of the kids. Um, this is at the younger orphanage uh, where we spent most of our time, which was um, birth to three years old. There are 18 kids um, in this orphanage. Um, man, they were so well cared for. I meant to take a picture of the refrigerator um, because it was just full of fruits and vegetables. I mean, just packed. I, I was so happy to see like how these kids were eating. I felt really, really good about how they were being cared for. Um, next slide. So we, um, obviously we played with kids, um, but we also essentially had this giant honeydew list um, that, that they just don't have time to get to. So um, we were, uh, when we weren't playing with kids, we were uh, doing a lot of things. This was probably our most labor intensive. Um, what we were doing was basically uh, clearing out an area um, and, and putting up a two center blocks high, um, this, uh, this perimeter so that uh, bark chips could be laid down and the kids could have a little playground because they never leave this house. You know, unless they're going to the hospital, they don't leave. Um, so this gave them like more place to play, more place to, to, to enjoy. Um, and it was awesome. We, uh, 
it was really hard work, actually. Uh, we redug that trench at least three times. Um, and, uh, and every time, or well, maybe not every time, the third time, the song that was in my, my head was The Joy of the Lord Will Be My Strength. And it was funny because the rest of the time I was like humming Hawaii Five O and and the A-Team. But, but when we were doing that, uh, it, it was quite funny. So we got to work alongside three Haitians that um, really put us to shame. Like you can kind of see, like I'm sweating like a pig and those guys are doing fine, but worked at least twice as hard as I did. So we moved 120 cinder blocks that day to get those in position. Uh, next slide. Um, one of the things they don't have time to do is like just figure out like new shoes for the kids. So, so they gave us a pile of shoes and we just sat there with the kids and figured out what shoe fit them because, you know, these nannies are are working so hard every day. So this is a, a really helpful thing that we were able to do for them. Next slide. Um, the kids on the far side, you can see that like their mouths, or at least that one kid, his mouth doesn't even reach the table. Um, so we, uh, we, I had nothing to do with it, Paul and Jerry, uh, fixed the bench so that it would be high enough so that, that it was just the right height for them to eat. Uh, next slide. Um, so there are two main rooms here, and I, I know I'm flying, I'm sorry. Um, the other side of that wall is uh, where the babies were. Um, and what was blocking it, which you can kind of see behind Paul, is a couch. Well, Paul and Jerry, in a matter of a couple hours, busted out this little half wall, and then um, what they put in next was a little gate, so there could be uh, actual uh, uh, a barrier between the two rooms, um, just so the the nannies practically like could could get through there much easier. The kids were safer. So, next slide. Um, this is uh, a table that we built. This room here. Um, there's really nothing in it besides shelves and like these little soft play mats for the kids to play on. And um, they, they would play with their toys in there. They pretty much spent most of the day in there unless they went outside on the patio. Um, so they asked if Jerry could build uh, a table for them to like be able to color on, be able to play on. It's a beautiful, beautiful table um, that they made. And uh, as soon as we put it out, this is what happened. Like Kids were all over it and sliding cards or cars and, and just having so much fun. It was so cool uh, to see that happen for them in there. Uh, next slide. This is Nora. Um, Nora was uh, one of the first kids that caught my eye, and she was wearing a tiara that day, which was awesome. Uh, we found out later, uh, once we got back through Facebook, that her um, Nora is in the process of being adopted, and her um, new mom and dad came over uh, sometime this last year, threw a birthday party, and gave tiaras to all the little kids. So her her adoptive mom was so excited to know that like she still has that, she's still playing with it. Uh, Nora, uh, her parents are hoping to pick her up uh, Thanksgiving. That's what they're praying for. It looks like they're on track for that. Um, and really, that's what made this bearable, um, to hold all these kids and know that they're orphans, um, but to know that there are some, like Nora, that has a mom and dad waiting for them. Um, so I want to tell you a story. So obviously, I don't speak Creole. I barely, barely speak English. Um, so uh, you know, I just kind of repeat stuff kids say, and I'd see what happened. Uh, so I was doing that with Nora and a few other kids, and Nora said, Papa Ale. And uh, so I said, Papa Ale, and she said it back, and back and forth and back and forth. And eventually, like, she got louder, so I'd get louder, Papa Ale, and she'd say it. And then, like, three other kids, Papa Ale, and I'm like, Papa Ale, right? And we're, we're going crazy. And this is, uh, I was doing this, like, on a water break with them, and then I had to get back to work, and I went over to Kate from AGCI, and I said, oh, I just had so much fun with the kids saying, Papa Ale, what does that mean? And she said it means, Daddy has left. Um, yeah, that, that's just the reality of it. You know, these kids, mom and dad are gone, and they're waiting and hoping for another mom and dad. Um, 
This next picture is uh, a girl named Bonji, um, and I wanted you to see her. Uh, Alyssa, in a little bit, is going to share about her. Um, there's tons more we can tell you. Come ask us after the service. We, we all have many, many stories. But Okay, so I will talk about her in a few minutes. Um, but I just wanted to s- touch on something really fast. Um, I don't want to say too much about why we go um, on such a short-term trip, because Katie's going to share about that. Um, But I did want to say that I've I've wondered before on the trips that I've gone, um, why why do we go and play with kids? Like, that's my favorite part, so I love it. But, um, like, I I also want to make sure that we get practical things done, too, things that last for them. Um, But one thing that... Mary, who is the physical therapist that was there, talked to us about um, one of the evenings that we were just sitting around chatting. She said um, that these kids don't know what it's like to be known. And that just struck me as something that I take advantage of that like every day of my life. I have parents who know me and siblings who know me and friends and other family who just know me, like things that I like and dislike and things that I like to do and all this stuff. And, And these kids are just in this place and they're one of many others and um, their nannies are caring for them but they're doing the practical things and so they don't they don't often just sit down and you know ask them what their favorite color is or something like that and so um, so one thing that I enjoyed trying to do after Mary talked to us about that was kind of spend a little bit of one-on-one time with a few of the girls who um, specifically needed some special attention um, that Mary had told us about. So um, I, I, know, I don't know like how much an hour or two of my time will make a difference in their lives. I mean, they're like two and three, so they probably won't remember by now um, that I was even there maybe. But um, I, I wanted to do that because I, I want them on some level to understand that they're not one of many, that they're an individual who is loved and cared for despite their circumstances, and um, hopefully at some point in their life they will begin to understand that Jesus cares for them and loves them and wants to know them as an individual, and um, that it was interesting today that we talked about um, being known by God um, in, um, in, the, in the service. So, um, yeah, I just, I just hope that those kids can understand someday what it's like to be known. Um, and just to think about, that's something that we take advantage of so much. Um, and on that note, I will tell you Panji's story, um, which is interesting because uh, talking about what it's like to be known, we don't even really know if her name starts with a P or a B. Um, and that's how, like, like uh, Rachel that Greg pointed out, um, she thought it started with a B, and then Mary was like, well, I swear her mom said it with a P. And so, like, that's, that's I mean, we didn't even know her name, and that's kind of crazy to think about. Um, so, anyway, she was, she was dropped off um, the day that we got there, um, and we didn't, we didn't witness that whole thing. Um, Rachel and Mary showed up um, to meet us at the guest house just after they... Um, they talked to her mom and everything. So she, her mom had dropped her off um, because, uh, just because she knows that 
in the long run, she has a better chance of survival at the orphanage than with her own family. So um, it's it's not something that she wanted to do. Um, Greg told me just this morning that her mom called every morning that we were there to see um, how she was doing and to see her progress. So, like, I mean, I just can't imagine, like, what that would be like for the mom to, to know that her daughter is in better hands um, away from her. So... Um, the first day, she was really, really just reserved and didn't really want to hang out with anybody, and um, she wouldn't eat. Uh, Mary was having a really hard time getting her to eat anything, and um, so, um, uh, yeah, sorry. Um, it was really hard to kind of see that. Like, we went there probably probably a few hours maybe after she was dropped off and um it was just it was difficult to see her not engaging and understandably so um and she would she would often go to the the door kind of and and look out and um expect be expecting somebody to come back and get her um so as the days went on, we saw her engaging more and enjoying things. And um, one of the things that we did do with them um, was bubbles. So um, I'll, f- I'll finish talking about her, but there is a little video. Um, it didn't work. Okay. Bummer. Okay. I got a great video of the kids just... Um, playing with, we, we brought bubbles, or I think um, Rebecca brought bubbles, and so we would sit there and blow bubbles, and it was, it was so amazing to see them just like running around with their arms in the air and screaming and chasing the bubbles, and I got a good video of it, but um, I guess we won't, does the rest of it work, the pictures? Okay, so there are more pictures that'll start playing, um, but yeah, it was just so fun, and she, in that video, she is, um, she's running around with all the rest of the kids, so she um, she did get to she started to engage a little bit more and um, and hang out with us a little bit more um, and i I spent a lot of time with her just um, kind of holding her and trying to make her feel safe in a sense I mean because she's just entered into this place where she's just one of many kids from a family setting so um, and there is there was one time when um, she was having a hard time falling asleep during nap time, so I just kind of laid down with her, and um, she she woke up in the middle of her nap, and she was just, you know, it was kind of like delirious, sleepy um, phase, I don't know. Um, and she, she woke up, and she started crying, and she was saying, Mama, Mama. And so it was just like, I just kind of like held her and she went back to sleep eventually but it was just like you know these kids don't even have somebody when they wake up in the middle of the night or they're they're having nightmares or something and they they don't even have somebody um to care for them so um so it was good to see her to start engaging and um hanging out with all the other kids and having a good time um but um it was i think katie mentioned this last week um when we were talking about um, praises in the service that um, that's one end of the of the spectrum that we that we saw while we were there that um, that's the beginning of um, of being at the orphanage for her so um, so yeah that's that's her story um, and they're putting her um, 
through the process of becoming a child that can be sponsored, which Paul will talk more about, um, so that she can be um, cared for best, and hopefully someday she will be adopted. So, hey, so um, I'm going to talk about why we went a little bit. Obviously, some people were looking at adoption and their future with adoption. Um, I didn't start out looking at that because I have two kids that drive me crazy on a daily basis. Um, I really actually questioned why I was even considering going, why God was asking me to go with this, um, because I'm a tired mom. Honestly, my husband's work schedule, he travels about six months out of the year. Last year, that's what it was. Um, I have two very young kids who I stay at home with them, and um, they exhaust me on a daily basis. And a lot of times, the end of the day, all I'm doing is saying, God, just give me the strength to get through another day. Give me the patience to deal with my kids. And so to go to an orphanage was something that I really prayed about and thought that God was crazy just asking me to go to that. Um, but it was unlike anything I've ever been to before um, because it wasn't like being a mom. It, it wasn't like being a teacher, which I've been in the past too. It wasn't like being some skilled person because I had absolutely no skills to carry bricks um, or do the trenches. And pretty much my um, extent of mixing cement was the picture that you saw up there. I tried for about 30 seconds, and I don't have the muscles to do it. Um, so for me, I had no skilled labor. I somewhat understood the language. I could read a lot of it, and I understood words here and there. Um, and I did attempt to speak it, but communication um, was very very low um, as I learned when I tried to negotiate um, buying things at an art festival and I think the guy went from 600 um, goots up to 3,000 because he knew I didn't speak the language Um, so it was was very interesting Um, so I went in there with none of that and God just really worked on me in giving me the strength to go through and see these kids Um, that it was something that anybody can do at any age, any skill level, wherever you are in life, just to go in there and sit with these kids um, to help out where you can and organizing a closet. It it was unbelievable just the amount of peace that I had going in and doing whatever they asked me to do. Uh, At one point, too, my routine was totally thrown off because um, one of the little kids who is now in the hospital and having surgery, his name is Samuel, um, I was feeding him a bottle, and he threw up on me. And he didn't just throw up a little bit. He threw up enough that it destroyed my cell phone, which was my camera, my only connection to um, email, Wi-Fi, to Skype with my family back home. Um, and it was so bad that we got back, and even the Sprint store couldn't fix it, and it took a week to get a new phone. And so it really threw off my schedule because um, my, my phone is my life. I missed three appointments that week. Um, but in a way, it... It really brought about a peace in me because I realized how much I rely on technology to get me through my schedule and my week and everything else, and I didn't have that to fall back on. Um, I, while I missed talking to my husband and my kids, I had all these kids there that just came up and gave me hugs and kisses. They played with my hair. Um, they made some beautiful, beautiful hair designs on me. Um, I don't think we have any pictures of those, thank goodness. Um, But it it was really a point where um, anybody 
who can do anything, just sit in the middle of a room and let kids touch your hair or touch your face or your skin or blow bubbles or sit with them while they they learn to hold a crayon. Um, We brought nail polish to paint the girls' fingernails and didn't quite get to that, but I'm I'm told it'll be a huge success for them. I mean, just anything to give these kids attention um, to help out as we could. That's that's why we went, and I think it was a really successful trip with that. I know God worked miracles in my life and just um, giving me a new attitude towards working with my own kids, um, being away from technology, and um, just really refreshing my outlook. So Paul is going to talk further. I'm reminded of how scary this was. Um, so uh, we started out uh, talking a little bit about, um, you know, one of the kids really becoming an orphan uh, when we were there. And I want to share um, the experience that we got to really see this entire process go full circle. Um, so we had, you know, on, on the first day, somebody dropped off and, and watch them uh, become an orphan. And we got to spend time with kids that were in various processes uh, or various stages of this process. Many of them are uh, placed and they're being adopted, and uh, about 15 of them aren't. And they're, they're waiting for paperwork, they're waiting for families. Um, but we had a really amazing experience getting to uh, actually watch um, a child be adopted while we were there. So uh, a little boy uh, named Gabe... Uh, his family was coming to uh, pick him up and bring him home uh, after three years of waiting. And uh, they, were, they were an amazing family. They stayed with us in the guest house for, uh, for the time that they were there. And um, they, have, they started this process of adopting him three years ago uh, because of um, Gabe's new mom's uh, sister, I believe it was, um, several families at their church had adopted through Rivers of Hope, and they had, I think, adopted three or four um, kids, different families, and brought them home. And they came on a Sunday like this where they were sharing about their experience, and they said, hey, there's one of their friends um, who's still there who needs a family. And God moved, moved them that morning to say, this is, this is going to be your son. And, uh, and so they went home, they applied, and they were placed uh, with Gabe uh, six months later. So they've known that Gabe was their son for the last two and a half years, and watching him from afar uh, growing up. Uh, This was their fifth or sixth trip to Haiti to go visit, and I can't imagine how difficult that is knowing for two and a half years, and you have this little uh, little child watching them grow up, uh, knowing that's your son and not being a part of that. Um, they were they were absolutely amazing, and um, as as Lisa and I are going through the adoption process, I was really excited to get to see. Okay, so this is what it's going to be like on the other end of this to get a little glimpse into that. Um, uh, and uh, it was in some some cases uh, frightening for me, um, and I know every situation is different. It was frightening in that there were so many barriers. Um, he was four or five years old, and um, really has a routine. He has wants and likes and dislikes. They don't know that stuff. And they couldn't communicate. They didn't speak uh, Haitian Creole. He didn't speak English. And despite these barriers, um, I think the, the amazing part about that was um, just the absolute joy um, in his parents and in him and, and watching him uh, just cling to them. 
every night when we would come back to dinner, he would be sitting on their lap. He would be just grabbing them and holding on to them and never wanting to let go. And so it, it was just, it was so, so incredible because in that time, they were already the most important thing in the world to him. And that was really evident. Um, one day you saw a picture of a, uh, of a birthday party there. So they actually uh, brought him back to the orphanage um, uh, with, with his friends to go and celebrate uh, a birthday party for Stevenson, uh, which was also sort of kind of a, a going away party for him as well. Um, and you can imagine, they are not having birthday parties all the time. It's not like they're going to the neighborhood and getting cake and balloons and all stuff. So this is a big deal uh, for them to have this. Um, but one thing was really, really clear. He did not want to let go of them. Despite the party, the friends, and all the fun and the excitement, he would not let go of them, um, no matter what. It, it was so so evident that he knew what he had in this new life and did not want to go back to the old life. And, um, and for me, watching this process and watching them interact was so powerful because it was just such a perfect picture of how uh, we've been adopted in Christ. And and being able to see that, you know, despite the barriers that, that were in place, um, it didn't matter. Um, and watching him cling to his dad in that, in that circumstance um, was, was just such a way of reminding me of how I need to cling to Jesus. And how amazing it is and how incredible that love is of being adopted in Christ. Was, I, I wish I could have captured that and, and bottled it up and brought it back. Because that was what we got to witness through, um, through that adoption process uh, for that family. Um, so for me, that was clearly the most, most amazing takeaway. Um, and, and it's such a, such a great reminder to take that and you know, leave that in Haiti. That's something that we bring back, and how can I live differently um, and cling to Jesus in, in, all, uh, in all that I do, um, just like Gabe was clinging to his dad. Um, so one of the things that we talked about uh, a lot on the way back was, okay, so now what? Like, what do we do? How do we take this? How do We don't want to just have this be a week in Haiti and walk away and say, that was really great, and we have these great pictures, and... Um, uh, so, so one of the things that, uh, that we can do as a church as, uh, as next step, first and foremost, is pray for these kids. Um, secondly, uh, and probably the biggest, most tangible thing that you can do uh, is to sponsor, uh, sponsor one of these kids. So we have some flyers here. We have more information if you want it. Um, you can go to the AGCI website and sponsor a kid. It's $35 a month. Um, and these are for the kids that have not yet been placed with a family. So this goes to support them, to feed them, to care for them. Um, and so uh, it's, this is essential to ensuring that they have that fridge full of good food, to having clothes and toys, um, the support of the, the nannies. So um, if this is something that you're at all interested in, please grab some information from us. It's, it's a real tangible way that you can be a part of um, uh, shaping these kids' lives. Uh, the other, um, the other thing in, uh, is certainly bigger, um, but consider adoption and, and consider if uh, if this is something you know, like Gabe's family, that God has placed on your heart uh, to go and uh, and do and be able to change uh, change this child's life forever. Uh, so those those are a couple of the ways that uh, that you can take some next steps and be a part of this process. 
Well, I know we're way over time. Thank you for, uh, for engaging with us. I can tell you're not zoning out, or at least most of you. <laughs> uh, I really appreciate that. Uh, we want to pray for, for these kids, this orphanage. Um, uh, like uh, someone said, there, there are two kids that are really sick right now. Samuel, uh, he needs surgery. There's some intestinal thing going on. Um, and Nadia, is that? Yep, Nadia, um, she is sick as well. So please pray for them. Pray for Rachel, who's running the orphanages. Pray for Mary. She's the physical therapist that in two months, she's got to make a decision as to what she's going to do. So if a couple people would lead out in prayer, and then uh, we, we will wrap up.